Hello and welcome to the latest Trevor Blue podcast. Uh, as ever, I'm Ian Cheeseman and uh, this is a podcast dedicated to uh, to Manchester City, although not exclusively. We do talk about other footballing matters. Uh, and so uh, thanks very much for all your sharing and retweeting and all that sort of thing. And feel free to contact me on Twitter at Ian Cheeseman if you've like, got something you'd like to ask in a future podcast maybe even somebody who fancies coming on one so uh, that, that's how you contact me my direct messages are open and i'm indebted to um howard solicitors it's howard and henry solicitors really but howard solicitors are based in ashton stockport and cheshire they specialize in criminal defense um, and the law of multiring offenses and offer legal aid at the police station and the courts they're open 24 hours they're always available to answer your call um, or turn out to a police station to represent you. So call them if you face any type of police prosecution, 0161 872 9999 <coughs> or email law at or visit their website. And obviously, if you do contact them and reach out to them, tell them you heard about it, them on the uh, Forever Blue podcast, and I'm sure they'd be highly delighted. Now, tonight, we don't have a former player or a former manager on the podcast. I thought this time we'd do it slightly differently. And by the way, in a couple of weeks, we're going to do a podcast from a supporters club branch in Bury. So I will have a, a gang of people all around me who are from Bury Supporters Club, and we'll get their understanding of City and where they're at and what matters to them. And next week, um, fingers crossed, now Quinn, is going to join us on the podcast. So this week, I've recruited three members of the Forever Blue team, the squad. So we have Tony, Toby, hope that doesn't confuse you, Toby and Tony, and Will, who uh, does a lot of work behind the scenes for me, which I really, really appreciate. He's also a very valued member of the squad. And tonight, will contribute as well. I said tonight, because we're recording this the day after the Crystal Palace game. So obviously there is the, the game coming up on Tuesday against Leipzig and then the FA Cup tie against Burnley next weekend. So what I've said to you, you guys tonight is that I don't have any particular questions or agenda or direction that I want to go in on this podcast, other than it being essentially about City, but generally about football. <laughs> um, so I'm quite happy to sit here and and basically just be uh, VAR, you know, and step in and, you know, correct any any massive misdemeanours that you three cause. Um, but I'm quite happy to let you take this where you want to take it. And I hope this introduction is a fair one, because uh, I thought another thing that was quite crucial is to represent, I tried through the variety of guests that I have, to represent every part of our fandom. Um, sadly, I don't, I, I, we've got Amy and we've got Louisa who comes on from time to time, um, but there's not as much female representation that I would like. Um, however, uh, within our three fans tonight, uh, there are uh, three different types of City fans. So again, none of this is meant in any way to, to make one better than the other. I'm just explaining. So Toby at the moment, is committed to going to every game home and away. And I know that at this stage of his life and of his, of his hope for professional career in journalism, um, it, it's a, an absolute sort of ambition of his to go to every game all over the country, all over Europe, you know, and to keep ticking off grounds and, and different experiences. I know what that's like because I've been doing it all my life. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody, have, everybody has access to tickets. Not everybody has the time. Not everybody has the money. But that's what Toby's doing at the moment. 
Now, uh, Tony, I know is, has been a regular uh, City fan for many, many years, but I know, and you maybe you'll explain this yourself, Tony, so I don't want to speak for you, but at the moment isn't going to as many games as, as perhaps he used to do. Um, there may be a reason for that, it may be money, whatever, but he isn't attending games, so he's consuming football much more through television, maybe radio, through written word, that sort of thing. And I know there are a lot of fans all around the world, often that listen to this podcast, never attend a game and just not lucky enough to be at a game. So I wanted to represent that as well. And Will, I know you go to a lot of the home games, as many as you can. I know you have a, a job and you've got to work and sometimes that might mean you miss one or two. But essentially you go to pretty much all the home games, but perhaps don't go to many away games. Um, again, the three of you can correct me if you're wrong. So I think that that's a good cross-section of different types of people. And also we've got different ages involved here as well, um, with Tony as the senior one and Toby as the junior one and Will in the middle. So the floor is yours, guys. Um, we're doing this on Zoom. So it means that we're not going to put this on YouTube this week. So I can see you. Wave your hand about if you want to jump in just jump in we can all see you um take it away i mean what what matters to you guys what 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 in terms of city on or off the field are you talking about what do you care about and where are you at the moment i'd like to just throw the first one out um basically because we've just sort of talked about the the three um types of supporters that you've mentioned um and interestingly enough uh, with myself, obviously, this season, I haven't been to many this season, uh, whereas previously I was a season ticket for over 30 years. I also, as a, as a, as a youngster as well, went to most of the games. Certainly uh, when we were when we dropped down to the second tier, I, I was basically going home and away. Um, and, and I must admit, it, it was just that was that time of my life. And it kind of fitted in with everything else. And it was absolutely fantastic. Um, but I'm not going as much. Uh, this this season, more so than this season. And it was quite sad last season actually having to kind of make that decision uh, because of other commitments. Um, but it was a decision I had to make and I've had a good run um, and I will still go and, and I still want to go. I don't lose any of that passion, but I just wondered um, what the rest of the guys think of in terms of maybe someone like myself. Um, and I know that we sometimes throw this at... Um, Manchester United supporters, as it were, for not going to the game and yet having a big opinion. And I just wondered if it makes a, a difference um, uh, to yourselves, boys, like in, in terms of me not going and obviously you two probably a little bit more up to date and going uh, uh, most weeks. Uh, to me, it doesn't make much of a difference. You know, if, if somebody is a City fan, I appreciate them for who they are, not, you know, what they can do or what they can't do in regards to going to a game. So... It doesn't affect my opinion as long as it, as long as we can have a good conversation about city or about football, and that applies to fans of any team. You know, if, as as long as you're a genuine football fan, even if it's United or Liverpool, the genuine United or Liverpool fans do come across as good people because they know the football and you can have a conversation with them. It's it's football fans who are blinded by let's say ignorance or things like that, where you can't have a conversation, you can't talk about shared. Um, shared experiences because it's all about baiting and and try to get reactions out of each other so that's what I don't like as long as as long as you can chat and as long as you can get along that's good for me 
Totally. I, I completely, I completely agree with Will there. To be honest, um, I think it's it's not about. I think if you, if you can have a proper football debate with someone, um, without it being about trying to jive and trying to get a reaction and trying to um, fish, if that's the right word for it, uh, yeah, I, I think it's that's what it's about, really. Um, I, I think for me personally, I think you know, I, I go home anyway. I've, I've missed one game this season um, now, and that was the Leipzig away game, and that was honestly just. I mean, I, I, I'd. I've done the three Champions League home, away games for the groups and and that was just mostly about logistics and, and money as well because it is expensive doing it all. Um, but I think I, as a Southern as a Southern fan, I think, you know, there's a lot of piss-taking from City fans towards United fans for being, you know, the, 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 the Southerners. So obviously for me, it's like, ah, crap, I can't really, I can't say any of that. So I think I feel a bit more pressure to go to games. That's not why I go. Um, I go because I love my club and I support them that, no matter what. Um, I, you know, I seem to talk a lot about really <clears throat> about all the FA. Last time I was on, we were talking about a lot about the FFP stuff. So it was, you know, even if we got relegated, I'd still go and watch home and away. But yeah, I think it's. Um, I, I think it, it doesn't matter what, what whether you're a, a someone who watches the games in the USA on TV in in Australia. No matter where you're from, if you're a City fan, you're a City fan. And, you know, if we can have a if we can sit down and have a nice conversation over a pint about it and, and happy days. I'm going to jump in, obviously, and add little things when you say things that interest me, so I'm not going to completely stay silent. You you go in the away end a lot, Toby, um, mm. so you experience the, the, the staunch tribalism, which Pep loves. Uh, you know, he came over at the end of the game at Crystal Palace and, you know, was very passionately applauding the away supporters who sang yeah. all the way through, but and, and this is not decrying anybody, honestly. Um, I mean, I'm in that away end all the time, and there is a lot of passion and there is a lot of singing. I've always said I, I don't really, I don't sing, and I'm, and I, and, and I try to watch the game very calmly. Um, but I just wonder, given that you've all, and I assume Tony is on the same page here, you know, uh, see themselves as sort of reasonable people who. Uh, even the fans of other teams you, you're quite happy to interact with and converse with. But, but obviously football is very, very tribal and can be very angry and very, you know, there's a lot of the singing that goes on in the way end, for example, which is not supporting City, but anti-everybody else, anti-Cockneys, anti-Scousers, anti-United, whatever. Um, I just wonder, perhaps how, uh, to expand the point that, that Tony started off with, whether how tribalism affects the three of you? I think it's, I think, it, you know, going in the, going in the away end, I mean, you experience it a lot. Um, and it, yeah, there's, there's, I think, you know, there's that group of sort of very concentrated fans who are the ones who, who and you, you know, you get the, the ones who are very sort of home and away, like to do all the games and, and they're the ones that are going to be potentially the most passionate. I, I don't particularly have a problem with, with chanting and things like that when it, when it comes into, comes into you know things like disasters and things like that like we've heard I think that's when it gets a bit over the line but I don't particularly have a problem with that when it comes to violence and all that sort of thing like you know we've seen that the Liverpool fans throw cups of coins at the City fans from their away end when we played them in the cup and that's just it's so obscene uh, you know you you only and you see it in no other sport this is the only sport that that kind of thing happens on a mass scale uh, where it, it's it's almost with some people acceptable and part of the the game and it, it's just ridiculous it ruins it for me but th this is this is a great sport and it, and it 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 really mirrors how much it means to people um when you know how much they sing and chant and support you know to spend hard for people to spend harder money to go 
you know, darting up and down the country to go and watch the fo- better football teams. It, it's, you know, if, if, if you've ever been home and away, um, you know, I've, I've been doing it for, for a few seasons now. I mean, Ian, you're probably the, the, the best person to really judge on it because you've been doing it for years. But, um, and, I'm, and as I say, Tony, as well, you, you've done, and even Will, like, you know, all of you, there's, there's, and you, know, you can, the list goes on. It's a it's a hard hard touch, you know. It's you have Southampton away in the cup when we lose and get back at two in the morning, and it's just so frustrating. And it, so any anyone that's that 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 I have so much respect for anyone who's who dedicates themselves to that because it's a it is a huge ask. I'm not I'm not I'm not um, <clears throat> I'm not putting down anyone that doesn't. Don't get me wrong. It's you know some people can't afford it, can't you know, and simply don't want to. And there's no disrespect in that. But for anyone that does it, I have a huge amount of respect for it because feeling it myself is it's very tiring and it, it can be really, you know, it, it can be soul destroying when you when you go and you lose. I mean, when I the one I remember the most is the the Spurs game when we won. And that was when I was living <clears throat> still living in the south, and. Oh, we drove all the way up to Manchester for the game. <clears throat> we scored in the 93rd minute, won the game. It was our first ever interaction with VAR, won the game. We're like, we're, we're through, what's happened? And then VAR and you're like, what's going on? Never experienced it before, ruled out and we're out. And you just sort of sit there and you go, what? Uh, it was honest. Uh, so, and then drive all the way home, four hours home, got back at 2.30 2 in the morning. So yeah, I, 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 coming back to the tribalism, I, I digress a bit, but Come back to the trial. I didn't have a problem with the chanting. With the, I think it all goes towards the passion of the fans, and it's it's great to see. It really is. I I think I think the other side of that, uh, for me, obviously traveling traveling away, there is there is something special about going away and being with uh, what what I think Ian referred to as as, as the hardcore fans, um, and I think maybe what other clubs do and, and probably City do is that what you tend to find, and again, it's probably due to when it's probably another. Another question as well is that the point system that once you get to beyond a certain amount of points, then pretty much you can go to any game that you that, that you want to because you're always going to get offered the tickets, you know, through being a season ticket holder or, or the fact that you've actually gone to more games. Um, what I think City have, have, have got, now I know that they're trying to change it, is that you do tend to see the same people. Uh, and I think that's purely because of the points allocation. So it tends to be the same people. Now, that might be a good thing and a bad thing. I think that um, I know City are trying to change it a little bit, but I would like to see the opportunity for other people who don't get chance to go in a way to actually have that op- op- opportunity. And I know that there's something that Man City are doing in regards to having tickets available for under 25s, I think it is, or something along the lines that, that you can apply for tickets, assuming that you have the, you know, the recommended points. And I just wondered, um, sort of going away from uh, from that, but going to an away game, I think that uh, for me, um, and I can take it right the way through sort of from the sort of late 70s, early 80s, when it, it, it was it was dangerous um, and it was felt very much, you talk about this tribalism, it, it was out and out war at times because obviously there was competing fans. There was areas that you couldn't and could not go to. There was there was places that you would wear your colours and sometimes you wouldn't wear your colours. Um, so we've we've changed from that and thank God for that because that that was awful. And I think that if you maybe had experienced something along them lines in the early days, then it might then totally take you uh, away from going again once you you know you come to sort of more modern day. But I just again. I think there's nothing better though that like like you've just said, Toby. I mean, obviously, I've I've travelled um, uh, to Luton Town in, in in the cup in the midweek, getting back at two or three o'clock in the morning. I've done QPR away, 
you know, and, and to and, and obviously when you lose, which in, in, invariably Man City did at the time when I was going away away from home, um, the, the football was kind of a bit more incidental. It, it really wasn't the kind of major thing. Um, so what 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 do you guys think about that? What what do you get out of uh, of, of going to going to away games? Is it is it going to that same pub that you go to if you're going back to the same ground? Is it meeting up with certain people that you met up before? How how do you kind of interact from that point of view? I think I think the camaraderie is 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 the thing about away games, and yeah. you, you talk about meeting people. For me, it's meeting strangers. The moment you see a stranger in in a foreign city wearing a city shirt, you get that smile, you get that nod. You know what each other are up to. You know you're going to stick together till you get to the ground. Um, it's just exciting, really. You you, you feel almost like a, an invading army, and you feel yeah. you feel a bit more powerful than you are. And I think that's what. That's what comes with the aggressive chanting and the and the you know sometimes it's pretend violence, but there are occasions where it, where it's true violence because um, people think, feel bigger than they are. People feel like ten men because they're surrounded by like-minded people and they're in a they're in a strange place, but they've got they know they've got support and backup. And I completely get it. And in terms of the sort of I'm fine with aggressive chanting because we're going to give it out and we're going to get it back. But as Toby said, it's the violence where you need to draw the line. As soon as people are leaving the game with scars or with wounds, then it's just, it, it takes us back to the bad times of the 80s and all that will happen then is we get big barbed wire fences and we'll, we'll not, not be allowed to stand, to stand again. So to me, keep it sort of aggressive but friendly, no violence. I know that getting tickets for away games is an issue, and I'm sure when I do the uh, the podcast from Berry Branch, that'll be one of the things they'll talk about. <clears throat> I'm not going to preempt what they're going to say, but I guess that's something that's going to be mentioned. What, what I will say is, and I'm sure Toby will back me up on this, is that having gone to away games for so long, um, City get, I don't know, two, 3,000 generally for an away game. Might be a bit less for places like Bournemouth or Brentford, but on the whole, those are the sort of numbers. And I have to say, the number of regulars that I see, whilst I do see regulars, has actually diminished. There are a lot more now young people. I'd say that the 25 and under now is, is actually the majority of, or, or certainly a big percentage of the away fans. And for example, um, you know, I had two people in front of me at the game yesterday who uh, were clearly not people who were regular football fans or regular away fans. And that's not uncommon now. Um, that's quite normal now to see that. And I bumped into, and if you watch the match day vlog that I do, um, I, I bumped into a friend of mine who I've known for a long time. He's a Stockport lad who lives in Los Angeles. And with him was a friend of his from Los Angeles who was at his actual first City game. So there is, there seems to be quite a lot of scope now <clears throat> for, yes, the diehards, the, the people of my age who've been going for years who might have the maximum points and, and it's just become their life and that's what they do. And some of those people are there, still there. Those numbers are definitely diminishing. There are definitely people of that age who are dropping out. And my mate who I've travelled with home and away pretty much all my life, stop going to away games he doesn't like the away game atmosphere anymore he doesn't want to stand up at away games and as he's got older he's just said that's it and I'm knocking it on the head so they're they're all they are falling off and now I look around at the away end and I think there's a lot bigger percentage of young people Toby is that I mean I know you've not been going quite as long to the away games but is that something you would agree with yeah I think so yeah um yeah I 
yeah, I mean, you see, you see, you definitely do see the 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 reg. You see, you see people you've seen before, and you know, you you say hello, and and it's great, and and that's great because it, you know, what, what uh, for me as well. I'm only been going for a few years in terms of home and away. That's nice because it means that I'm I'm you know meeting more people and meet, having those experiences. But yeah, I I can definitely tell a sort of shift. Um, I think I think it's quite nice that you've got sort of a younger generation really picking it up and and, and picking up the passion. I mean, obviously, um, uh, this is probably a best a better position for the likes of Tony and Ian to speak from, um, because it you know that, that I bet you look at the sort of our generation, my, my generation now, and go, oh well, that that used to be us, in you know, and and we, we're that sort of age. And I think that that sort of it, the tides sort of turn a bit where. That the old generation sort of moves on and stops going and uh, like that's just life really and then you get the younger generation come in I know loads of people that go home and away I know that I know loads of people that can't make every game but I, I know someone who went to every single um Premier League away match last year um I think I don't think he did every home game I think he did definitely every Premier League away game and he did a few Champions League um away games as well so yeah I, I think there's definitely a shift it's, it's nice to see though I I, I don't as I say, I see new people every week there. I see one thing that actually did surprise me quite a lot is the Southern games this season, especially this season, there's been quite a few more Southerners there, which from my position is great because it makes me feel a little bit more at home and a bit more, a bit more sort of camaraderie with me because it's people to relate to almost. Um, especially Southampton away in the cut, there's a lot of Southerners there. Um, so I think there is, yeah, I think there is a bit of a mix. I think people maybe don't want to travel as much or, you know, they, they pick it. I think, I think we're, we're in a nice position with the football club now where we, we, we've been, I mean, I, I haven't experienced it. My dad's the one, you know, he's experienced the new guys that runs experience where the city have been absolutely rubbish. Um, we're in a nice position now where the club, you know, we, we go to a game and, you know, we might all be a bit conservative and we might sit there and go, well, you know, we, we, we might get a draw in you know, typical city, might lose this or whatever. But actually, a lot of us think, well, we, you know, we can win this for pretty much every single game we go to. Um, so that's a nice position, which means that you're more likely to pick and choose the games you go to. Um, so, yeah, but I, as I say, I, I think it's I, I think it's great um, to see a, a shift in a shift in people. It's nice to see new people there. And I, I hope City to try and um, re, rejuvenate the, um, the 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 way they do the away games, because it is great to see new people and, and, and give the opportunity for people who don't usually have the opportunity to go to those games to give them the, the chance to get some tickets and go to the games because it is a great experience it really is and if you have if you haven't been to an away game before and you and you and you want to and you can get the chance go because it is fantastic and and as will says and as tony sanian says it the camaraderie is incredible let's move away from that now because otherwise the whole podcast will end up yeah. in that. and there will be people who um you know will just watch the games on tv maybe not even have any interest in going to the games, but they are City fans. So there is a general question that comes from what you've been talking about, which comes from the word tribalism. Uh, As you've pointed out, certainly I, and probably Tony, I watched a lot of rubbish down the years and still went to the games. And so we're still City fans. And me, I've been a journalist. So I suppose my mind has been trained in a different way. And I've watched the games in different circumstances. I've not always been in the away end. Um, I wonder how much the result affects you. Um, I mean, I can come away from a a defeat. You talked to Toby about the Tottenham game. And I still, and, and whilst it hurt me, 
uh, when Raheem Sterling's goal was disallowed and I went and hugged my family and we all thought we were going to, you know, the ne next round, I think it was the semi-finals or something. Um, and, and it absolutely destroyed me in that moment. But when I reflect back now on this game, and this, this might not be something you agree with, I look back, it still says a great game though, wasn't it? Wasn't it a great game to be at? You know, I loved watching that match. And I've seen City lose games when I've walked away and thought, disappointing that we've lost today, but that was a great, I'm so glad I was there. Really enjoyed that game. It's, a, it's great to actually be there and, and be a City fan and have that roller coaster of emotions. Even, even the defeats I can walk away from. It doesn't, what I'm saying is it, it, it doesn't destroy my weekend. It, I, it's always in proportion in my in my mind. I want to win. I want City to win everything, but I can walk away from a defeat and go, still had a great weekend. I still went to the match. And yet I've met people who are City lose, don't want to talk to anybody, don't want to, it's ruined their weekend. So I just wonder where on the spectrum you three are. Um, it's interesting enough, I think, uh, when I was younger, uh, I think it affected more because I was probably um, out there more in terms of after the game, I'd use it, maybe go to a pub or go to a club or whatever it was. So um, I think that, that it, was, it was a lot more difficult then because um, certainly where, where I live, it's predominantly um, sort of United fans. So that was a big, and that's always a big issue in, in regards to where I live. So it's great, obviously, over these last... 10, 15 years or whatever, that we've kind of turned the tables a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it really does affect me. And still to this day, um, although it might be a bit of a sore point now if we mention it, but obviously match of the day I wouldn't watch and I don't usually buy a Sunday paper if we lose. So, And, and that's I still, I'm still of that ilk, to be honest. That, that still is something that, that I've kept on and, and, and done throughout my, uh, throughout my life. But in terms of the hurt, um, it does get me a little bit. Um, because usually in that game, we can look at uh, areas in that game where we should have done this or we should have done that. So it's more of a frustration that we didn't take our chances or, or we failed to do this or we failed to do that. There's a frustration there. And if you sort of add that on to, um, as like we mentioned before, where you're travelling hundreds of miles, it, it does it does stick with you a little bit, I think. So, so for, for me... Um, although it's it, it's not as great as it was, it still has an effect when, when we do lose, certainly. Is it only a beautiful game if City win? That's the question. <laughs> I, well, I think I think for me, time is a healer. So in the in the first 24 hours, I agree with Tony. If we've lost, I won't watch match of the day, I won't read the match report on the way home, I'll try and avoid social media. I definitely won't answer any texts from any work colleagues trying to take me into a reaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after that, I think I can be a lot more reflective. You know, I'll certainly try and catch the highlights, like see where we've gone wrong, try and assess it from that point of view. Um, and then I suppose after a sort of year or two, I can look back and laugh at it. I see it as almost ironic as, as part of our history, like, like you say, the Spurs game or some of the last-minute derby defeats, the Michael Owen one sticks in my mind. The Champions League final, it took me a good few years, but now I can sort of, you can, you can look back and laugh because it, it, at the end of the day, it's all part of our story. And if and when we do win the Champions League, it will just taste all the more sweeter because of what's happened. So it, it, it works in stages, really. There's the first 24-hour period where I'm 
where it isn't a beautiful game where I don't want to read about it, I don't want to hear about it. After that, it mellows, and then after a while, it becomes funny almost. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right, Will. I think that you know, time is a healer, and, that, and that's anything in, in life, really. Um, I think over time, you, I mean, I mean, I think I'm probably a little bit more on the side of it. I mean, I think I look back at Spurs, and that that still hurts for me. Um, not I wouldn't, you know, I, I lose sleep over it, but obviously it's not great. I think maybe the Champions League results. I mean, I was in Porto for for the Champions League final. That really, I mean, that really cut deep that one. Um, and then Madrid as well. There for that, and that one, I'm still that one's obviously quite fresh I think once you're right once we if, if we go and win the Champions League this season next season whenever if it's in 30 years those experiences would be made all all the sweeter because we could look back and go we've won it now so it doesn't really you know that, that, those results are just part of the journey um but we haven't for, for, for the Champions League especially I don't think we've reached that end yet uh which means those results and those those games aren't quite as sweet because those are opportunities especially the Champions League final um, those are opportunities and those are, are chances for us to finally put all of those questions to bed. I think I think a lot, lot of the uh, the dread for for uh, losing games comes from the, the stick you get from other fans, especially Manchester United. Not that they can really talk at the moment, um, mm. but, um, y- you know, yeah, it, it, it hurts a little bit me for it a bit more for me. I think, I think more so Champions League. I, I won't if if we if we go out the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup, it'll hurt, but it doesn't it doesn't really affect me as much. Um, but I think the Champions League the big is the big one for me, where I'm like, I, I, you know, I'm at the point now where I really would I'd love to see us win that. If we don't, we don't. But I, I yeah, that that one's the one that hurts for me. But even Premier League at this point, um, you know, I've I've seen us win it four times in five seasons, and each of those seasons I've done home and away games. Uh, so it's it's been incredible. Um, and and do you know what? The, the best way I sum it up in terms of going to watch the games is you don't go to watch us win. You go to watch to watch City play. And if the win, the result is a consequence of that, that's and that's that. That's the way I view it. Fair enough. I mean, obviously, we haven't talked at all about the game at Crystal Palace. Uh, let's briefly um, talk about that and then you can go back to wherever you want to go to because it leads on perfectly from this. Um, the City won. And I would suggest that it wasn't the best game of the season, but City won. So I'm, I'm assuming from what you three have said that you watch the game, City win, and you think, brilliant, we're still on the coattails of Arsenal. That was a good weekend. Um, I come away from that game thinking, yeah, they played you know, quite well. They dominated the game. They obviously deserved to win, but they only just sneaked over the line. You know, they got a penalty, they won 1-0. And so I've seen some fans describe that as an ugly victory. If City had lost that game 1-0, the same game, they, you know, like Forrest getting that breakaway down the, the wing and scored that equaliser, does that make the game any different, really? I suppose that's what I'm getting at, really. That You know, was that an ugly victory? The fact that City won, does that mean that the match really doesn't matter anymore? Because they won. Yes, 100%. 100 110%, yeah. Because, we, we, let, let's, for instance, like we look at that Crystal Palace, if we, obviously, if we um, look at the the two games together in the Nottingham Forest, that was such a comfortable game and we win and we probably wouldn't have spoke much more about it. The fact that we drew, I think that most people will talk about that game during the season because it highlighted one or two things that you can kind of, eradicate and, and and kind of move on from. But that sort of put that 
doubt in whether we can one keep a clean sheet, one keep concentrated, um, and one actually uh, mirror what Arsenal are doing at the moment because Arsenal at the moment don't seem to be tripping up. So I think it's so important now that the Crystal Palace for me, I, I, I was on tender hooks because again, you know, I just didn't know what was going to happen. It just wasn't the the fluent Man City that we're used to, but there was more of a a dogged defensive kind of uh, mentality which I like, and it and a kind of this this part of the season, it's about it's about wins. It's about yeah, but, Tony, on the board. But, but but Tony, we haven't been the fluid Man City all season. I mean, I, I can probably name three games this season where we've been the way we've been playing. I mean, I looked at Arsenal today. I don't know if any of you watched the game, but they looked just... I mean, I look at them and I go, we're not going to beat this lots of the league. I mean, when they come to the Etihad, if they play like they did against Fulham today, we have got no chance because they are just playing. I look at it and I go, the, the football that we played, um, you know, in, in the... I can't remember, 18, 19, 19... No, 17, 18, 18, 19, I think it was, the, the 100 points and then the, the 98. Yeah. The football that we played in those two seasons, I argue, is the best football that I, I've ever seen in the Premier League. Obviously, I'm quite young, so, you know, that that's, you know, I mean, I don't know where, where you guys stand with that. But we, we were in the way that they're playing, we, we ain't going to catch them. We ain't playing like that. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. That is a great victory. We were we were rubbish yesterday. We had, That was a nil-nil draw written all over it. We, we, we were absolutely awful. And we've, been, we've had so many of those performances this season, which, OK, you could look at it on one side of the coin of, well, you play badly and get a win. That's that's what champions do. But you need to have then games that you play well, like Arsenal did today against Fulham, because Fulham are a good team. They, you say fifth in the table. They were fifth in the table. They've they've had a great season. They're, they're a stumbling block. We almost stumbled to them. We got we got a penalty in, in the 90th minute against them. So uh, I, I can't see us catching Arsenal. But um, look, it, it was a, I think it was a great victory yesterday, that, personally. I, I, uh, but th- that fluid football that we talk about, we have been absolutely nowhere near that level. And I said to Ian before the game yesterday, we, we, the reason it, we, we're adapting to Haaland. We, we, we've gone from a system where we've had no striker and we've we've had no, not even just a strike, no striker. We've had no focal point. We've every single bit's a team. There's no one player, even De Bruyne. There's no one player that's the best player to a system where we're every single time we get on the ball, we're trying to find that one player, and it's it's going to throw us. I think again, I said this to Ian before the game yesterday. I think it's almost worse that he scored all those goals at the start of the season. We know, and, and well, he's going to get 50 goals, and you know, he's scoring two goals every game, blah, 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 blah. Because now the pressure is every time he comes into a game, is right, every single city player's got to pass to Haaland because he's going to score. Or if Haaland doesn't score, then what's he doing? And it's like that just adds on to the pressure. And Arsenal, they're just reaping off it because everyone's sort of turning around and going, well, they're putting the pressure, you know, Arsenal are feeling it, obviously. But Everyone's turning around to us and going, well, where's Harley? You know, you've bought Harland, you've got all these great players, all you need is a striker, and you're not you're not playing the football. Well, um I think I, I disagree with Toby in a sense. I, I genuinely think we can catch Arsenal. Um and it's it's not even a case for me, it's not even a case of the football that we're playing, it's it's the mentality of the team. I think we almost expect to overtake and catch up. Considering some of the deficits that we've had, you know, in the 11-12 season, I think it was eight points coming into April. Um, we've, we've caught up with Liverpool. I think they were six or seven points ahead at one point. So to me, and the fact that we've still got to play Arsenal at our place, all they need to do is draw one game 
and lose to us, and that's it. We're on top. So, but we've got we've got to win every game then as well. I, I think we can do that. I think we can do that. We, we and and to me, grinding out a one nil is is as pleasurable as beating somebody four five nil because. Yeah. Because the, the Arsenal fans, they're almost getting a bit too confident now. They're almost saying, oh, you only beat this team 1-0. Why should we be worrying? And that's the exact mentality we want them to have. I but, think... but it's interesting, uh, sorry, Will, uh, but it's interesting right. that, that these games, I think we look at certain games, obviously when we, you know, when we play Tottenham, when we play Crystal, and I've put Crystal Palace in there, it is always a tricky game down there. You know, even when we've won by a couple of goals, it's never been straightforward. Um, and you know the, the record that they went in with yesterday, and obviously they've they've surpassed that record in, in that they're the only Premier League side that's not had a shot on the shot on goal for the last three games or something ridiculous. You still felt that they could uh, with Sahar and, and whatever that they could try and nick something. So the longer that game went on, I, I felt that that you know unless we scored, there was always that possibility that that, that they could nick, and that's something that. That we've not had at Man City for a while. We've we've normally been fairly comfortable. If we're not going to score, then then we usually not not concede. And I just don't feel as confident in in regard to that. Now I think that a lot of it's down to um, the mentality of the players, but I also think as well. And sometimes I think Pep does this a lot. Is that he's he's obviously taken into consideration the game that's obviously coming up on the Tuesday night, and I think he makes changes accordingly. In, in regards to that. And I, sometimes that does, you know, we come unstuck with things like that. So that, that my only frustration with the Champions League, and I really, I really do get what you're saying, Toby. And, and obviously I'd like to get that monkey off our back because obviously if, you know, from a, from a team that we are, that we've dominated our own, our own country to actually win the Champions League will be the pinnacle. And um, I'm just hoping that we don't put everything in that, in that sort of pot in order then to take away what, what we can, what can be a good season. And obviously, one win the league, and and he expects us to win the FA Cup as well. Mm. I'm, I'm just looking at. Sorry, sorry, go on, in, go on in. Carry on, Toby. I'm just looking at the the fixtures that we've got for the rest of the season, just to sort of expand on Will, Will's point a little bit in terms of the, in terms of you know the, the winning the games. I mean, we've got to play Liverpool at home, and you know, and everyone can say, well, look at Liverpool, they lost to Bournemouth, but they also beat Manchester United. What was it? Was it seven 0 They beat Man United. That's S-E-V-E-N. Um, just, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, just, sorry, I just want to I just want to hear it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so th- that's always a tough game. We've got to play Brighton away and they're sick this season. They've had a great season. We've got to play Arsenal. Yeah, we beat them away. And I do, and I, I've got to say, even though I don't think we'll win the league, I think we'll beat them at home because I think we have the beating of them. We've got to play Fulham away, who have been a tough opposition. You know, Arsenal put them, put them to pieces today. They are a tough team to beat away. Everton away, who... We are a bit of a bogey team. We've drew, drew, drawn to them this season. Chelsea at home. Okay, you could argue that Chelsea aren't playing very well. Uh, sorry, aren't playing very well, but they, I think they've I think they've turned a bit of a corner. They've had a great result in the week and, and on the, this weekend. And we've got to play Brentford away, who are also playing really great, very well. So yeah, okay, you can look at it. And I, so I, I don't want to. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be too negative about it because I'd love to see City win the league and I'd love to see us overtake Arsenal. But I just look at other games and I, I you know, grinding grinding out a one 0 win, yeah, it's great. But I just, I, I just, I don't have the confidence in the team that I have had in the previous seasons under Pep. I think we are going through a transitional phase. We are getting used to Haaland, and if this season we win nothing, 
adapting and next season we go all at it and we go and win three trophies then I'm not going to be very I'm I'm not I'm I'm, I'm happy even if we win nothing this season it's not the end of the world we've you know look look, if you look at okay let's see let's people have been saying we haven't we've had a bad season this season we have a bad season we're in the Champions League we're 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 one win off Wembley in the cup we're and, and we're five points off Arsenal Liverpool's bad season they've been 10th most of the season and they've and you know they they've had big losses and lose to Bournemouth and all that. So I I, I honestly I I think you know this is we're not. I don't think we're going to catch Arsenal, but I don't think it's the be all and end all of everything. To be honest, I think we're going through a transitional phase. I think that's that's what we're seeing at the moment. I think the future is what we're building for. Right. Well, at the beginning of all this, obviously I said talk about whatever you want, and Tony kicked <laughs> us off brilliantly. So um, we, we, you know we've got another ten minutes or so of chat to go. So uh, what about you, Toby? What about you, Will? Have you got uh, somewhere that we haven't talked about, something we haven't talked about? That you I felt like, like I've talked introduce? a lot, so I'll leave it to Will. <laughs> Go on, Will. Will, will you want to check us? Um, I'll, I'll throw it out there and ask a question to, to everyone. Would you give up the Premier League to get to the Champions League final? Yeah. <laughs> Every day of the week. <laughs> Even without a guarantee of winning the final, you'd you'd give up the Premier League just to get there. It's not if we're ten points ahead, then it's a bit of a different story. But I'm not giving up a guaranteed. I'm not giving up. We're not champions let. We're not. We're not. We're not miles ahead playing great football. We're not. I, I, I can't. We're not giving up. We're not. We're giving up the chance to win it. Yeah, but uh, I give up the chance to win it when we're five points behind Arsenal. We're playing a lot better football than us to have the chance to win the, the trophy that we've never won before. Yeah. <laughs> let let me focus that, that question a little bit more then. I mean, I, I was listening to, as I was driving back from London, because I, I came back uh, up on Sunday during the daytime, and I was listening to the Newcastle game commentary, and obviously they were playing Wolves and 1-2-1. And uh, one of the things that commentators on that game were suggesting was that Wolves, sorry, uh, Newcastle lost a little bit of momentum, a little bit of what they were doing because they were getting to the League Cup final and they hadn't won a trophy for such a long time. So I suppose what, what you're asking, Will, because anybody, any City fan would answer that by saying, why can't we win both? Of course they would. You know, that that's that's the natural fan reaction and that's probably what I would say too. And you don't actually, as a fan, choose one or the other. But let's let's just widen that out then and, and, and carry on this conversation. If Pep, if the players are only capable of putting all their efforts into some of the games and not all of them, that mentally and physically, as we saw Kevin De Bruyne not start the game uh, down at um, Crystal Palace. So was that because he's thinking... He's played in the World Cup. It's a long season. I have to pace the way he's playing. Could just simply be, I suppose, that he don't think he's playing well. Because I've seen a lot of people say he's not playing well. But let's work on the basis for this this question that Will's put to us. Let's assume that he's been rested to try to, you know, get pay, play him in the important games, so to speak. So that would suggest that Pep and the club prioritising the Champions League. Um, being in the FA Cup still, playing Burnley, you know, which will be a high-profile game on network television, then potentially an FA Cup semi-final at Wembley, which could be against United. Uh, and if it isn't, then, and City progress again, it could be a final against United. So a lot of <clears throat> emotional and physical um, effort has to go into 
<coughs> sorry, just need to clear my throat, but, um, you know, will go into those games. You've got the quarterfinals, the semis and the final, potentially the Champions League. And all the games at Tolby is outlined, Fulham away, Brentford away, Liverpool at home, Chelsea at home. So has, <laughs> do City have to prioritise, do, do, you know, and do you as a fan want them to prioritise in a certain way? So that was sort of the question. Sorry to take it over uh, from you, Will, but Tony, well, go on, yeah, you give uh, us your well, thoughts I, on that. I, I, I think that we are prioritising and it's something that I don't like. I think that we, you know, you win the game in front of you, you move on to the next. If you ask any player, and I've said this to many players before, if it means that you're playing more games, because ultimately if you if you win more, then you, you end up playing more, or would you rather train? And they would say they would rather play games. So I'm sure there's a ways round of uh, adjusting whatever, but from a manager's point of view, um, in Pep's in particular, he's prioritised the Champions League. And it worries me a little bit, because I think that um, putting all our eggs in one basket could, could be an undoing of us. Um, but I... I would I would take a Champions League final I would take a Champions League final and that chance to be in there of course because it's something we haven't won and we've experienced being in the final so I think yes but prioritizing I not to um Ofe with and I don't I don't like it to be honest you asked the question will what are your thoughts um the, there's a deep part of me that always wants to be the best team in the country and um it's a tricky one. Um, so hang on a minute, hang on. Hold that thought there, right? So City are playing in the FA Cup final uh, and it's against Manchester United. It's the yeah. week before the Champions League final and it's the week after City have played at Brentford. So three successive weekends could be title decider at Brentford, mm -hmm. FA Cup final against United, Champions League final in Istanbul. <laughs> Um, now, obviously, I can completely relate to what Tony's saying. You just pick your best 11 and so be it. But, you know, if you have to, you know, if there's a, if there's a key player or key players that you think can't play in all three games, you sacrifice United Cup final, Brentford League Championship decider, Champions League final. Where, where, where do you stand on that? I, I think I would focus on the Brentford. I would focus on the Premier League. Um, the, the Champions League to me it's great to win you know we've never won it it's part of our sort of story that we've never won it but to me it isn't a true definition of being the best team being the best team in your country is winning the league and winning the Champions League as well as a cherry on top that's my opinion there you go um, Tony no I, I, exactly um, I, I, I'm, I'm exactly the same I think you know me Focus for me is, is is on our own domestic trophies, um, and again, the Champions League is just another cup, cup competition, and we all know that cup competitions don't necessarily bring out the best teams that win it. So you know uh, that would that would be my point on it. Toby don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm 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 just uh, thinking of the horror of that situation if that were to happen. Um, <laughs> Um, no, because because you know that United would beat us in the cup final if we were to get there. I just because it would just happen. Um, I just think if we get to that Champions League final, the thing is the way I see this right is is I agree with Tony in that in that 
that Champions League, and I said this to Ian yesterday, that is a weird competition because you you, you expect you can put the favourites on it. You go, this team's playing well. They're playing the best football. We were playing the best football in the world for two years. We were, they didn't win it. So it's not it's not the best team that wins it. The Premier League is the, for, for me, the, the team who wins the Premier League is the sign of the better team. It's the, it's, it's the sign of the most consistent team to win it over 38 games. That is the sign. I think you're probably saying the best team in the world at that point because it, this is the, the best league in the world. But the Champions League is the one that every single club in it wants to win. And I, I can't, you know, I, I, that's that's my argument to it. Every single, you look at Real Madrid, they are, they are coveted as one of the greatest and biggest clubs of all time. And part of it, and a lot of it, is because they've won the most champ. What is it? I don't even know how many it is now that they've won. 14 Champions Leagues they've won. Yeah, 14, 13, that 14. is a huge part of that club's tapestry. You know, and 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 so I, I, that's how I see. It. I think it's the most it's the most prestige competition you can have. And if you've got the chance to win that, you win it, and that's it. Even though you know it's kind of ironic I say that because we did have the chance to win it and uh, we didn't. But, but, um, but another, another scenario that that um, I think that makes it really really difficult for English teams in particular is that you, you've mentioned about the Spanish teams. Their league will make it that if. Real Madrid were playing in the Champions League, they probably wouldn't give them a game for two weeks. Mm. Um, and our English game don't do that because it's likely that we would have a competition on the Saturday and then something on the on the Wednesday and then the following Friday. And there'll be no giving that. And that's where I think it makes it really difficult then in situations like that, because when you're playing them, so I mean, that's a horrible scenario that might actually come true if, if we think about it. No, soon. don't. Please don't. I know, I know, I know. I know. But, um, uh, you know, not to think about that because... Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's... And to be honest, we would get no favours uh, off the Premier League and that's what frustrates no. me in them sort of thing. And we should, be, we should be looking after our clubs in these big competitions if we want the best of our teams to be representative in, in a European competition like that. And, and I'm afraid the Premier League doesn't do that. Well, unfortunately, the Premier League don't really like things. us at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a whole different subject. We No, you three have been great, great guests. And I'm going to finish off with a couple of questions of my own, which are fairly predictable ones. You know me, Mr. Predictable. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, but um, I just want to thank... Uh, uh, Howard solicitors again for their sponsorship. Remember, they're based in Ashton, Stockport and Cheshire. But that doesn't mean to say if you're listening to this outside of that patch that you can't contact them because they absolutely will take your call and try and help you. They're open 24 hours. They deal in uh, criminal defence law, motoring offences and other legal aid um, and police station type things that you might get involved in. Hopefully you don't. But if you do, 0161 double nine double nine law at howardslisters.com or have a look on the website so between now and the next podcast which fingers crossed we'll have Niall Quinn uh, joining us um, City have two more games to take us into the international break neither of them are Premier League games the next Premier League game is Liverpool of course um, at the Etihad uh, first of all, on Tuesday, Leipzig. Um, I was out in Leipzig um, and I thought the first half City was so much superior to Leipzig. It was untrue. The second half, they got a goal back. Not the end of the world. Still got the second leg to come. I personally don't anticipate any problems against Leipzig. That's not arrogance. That's not just, you know, City are bigger and better. It's not that attitude. It's just on based on what I've seen. I don't see 
Leipzig as a threat, even though they won 3-0 in their domestic league today. Uh, and then, of course, it's the visit of Burnley, Vincent Company, the all-conquering hero. I already know that my vlog will start in front of Vincent Company's uh, statue for that particular game uh, because he is, you know, Mr. Manchester City as much as anybody can possibly be. So those are the two games coming up, chaps. Um, do you agree with me on Leipzig? And how will your emotions be when Vincent Company stands on the touchline and gets applause from all around the stadium and then tries to beat City and knock us out of the FA Cup? <laughs> so um, let's start with Tony. Go on, where, where were you on them two games? I'm not that confident with the... I, I mean, I do think we'll win against Leipzig, but I don't think it will be um, a cakewalk in any stretch. Um, so I expect that to be a tight fair and I think it will go to the last 10 or 15 minutes. Um, the Burnley game, I think it will be. Ex I, I'm just really looking forward to seeing Vincent coming back. Um, and it's interesting because every time we play uh, a manager that's doing really well with 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 a club, we automatically put them in the frame to be the next uh, Man City manager. And and we did that with Patrick Vieira, and and I'm sure that's been mentioned about uh, Vincent Company as well. But I just think it'll be a great atmosphere, um, a great a great day, and I expect that one to be a little bit more straightforward. Will? Um, I'm always a bit cautious with the Champions League because I, I'm confident against Leipzig, but I was also confident against Lyon and I was confident against Monaco. So who knows? Anything can happen in the Champions League. Um, I'm glad the second leg's at home now. I think we can see it out in a professional manner. Fingers crossed. Um, for Vincent coming back, it's... You'd like to think it's it's a test. You know, we can see how he does against top opposition. You know, he, you can do as well as you want in the championship, but the true test is coming up against top opposition. I would love for him to do well in general. I would love to him. I would love for him to eventually come to City. Uh, I just don't want his reputation to be solid, though. We've seen what happened with Lampard. The same thing could have happened with Gerrard going to Liverpool. Club legends who are now maybe not considered as, as, as big a legend as they once were because of a poor managerial stint. So that's the only thing I'd, I'd be worried about with Vincent. I, he, I don't think he should come straight from Burnley to City, no matter how well he does. I think he should take another step up from there, see how he does, and then we'll consider it. But I don't think it'll be yeah. any time soon. Wow, what a considered view that is, Will. I'm impressed with that. Um, Toby? He took the words right out of my mouth with, uh, with Vincent. Uh, Will, that was, yeah. Um, I think that's yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, in terms of Leipzig, um, yeah, I think they'll they'll. I mean, that you saw they gave us a game away. I think I think we'll win, but again, Tony's right. I think that's that. I think Tony's right. That, that's that's going to no way be you know a five 0 battering. They'll give they'll come and give us a game, but I don't think they'll have a problem. Um, I think it will be quite an emotional game on Saturday. That's going to be quite interesting. Is uh, the, the, I think it's going to be a weird atmosphere. For that one, so it'll be nice. It'll be, but it'll be great to have Vincent back. But as Will says, I think it'll be nice to see Vinny do well at Burnley, bring them up into the Premier League, do well there. But I'd like to see him have some European experience with another club before making that step to City. Because as Will says, the last thing you want to do is end up with a Gerrard or a Lampard. Well, uh, more a Lampard situation where you bring them to the club too early and it, it, it almost not tarnishes but it it sweeps that sort of reputation and everything good he's done for the club a little bit because of that bad stint as a manager mm. well 
really, really interesting conversation. Thanks to the three of you, you've been fantastic tonight. Um, obviously, I'll be uh, at the game on Tuesday. I'll be doing my match day vlog as well, combining it with covering the game for Indian television. So it's sometimes slightly different. And they also cover the FA Cup. So um, check out the vlog that I did, of course, at Crystal Palace. Uh, I know that, <laughs> bear in mind the conversation we've had between us tonight, when City win, more people watch the vlog than if we don't win, <laughs> you know, but maybe they watch it in retrospect, you know, when, when the, the dust has settled a little bit, because uh, I think it's interesting to hear what people say before and after the game. And there was a lot of euphoria after the game yesterday, probably because of the relief of getting that 1-0 victory um, eventually down at Crystal Palace. So thanks very much to Tony, Toby and uh, um, Will even though he doesn't say well on his screen. <laughs> so that's why it took me a second just to remember who he was. But I do know who he is. Uh, so thanks very much to everybody who's contributed. And uh, have a great week. And if you see me at the Leipzig game or the Burnley game, come and say hello, get involved. Uh, you're more than welcome. Uh, but if you forget the whole podcast and you think, I don't even know, what did they talk about? It's all gone out of my mind. Just remember this one thing, if you don't remember anything else. It's great to be a blue.